Former President Trump may try to have his Fulton County case moved to federal court. We may be seeing some changes coming to the federal rules and regulations surrounding marijuana and cannabis-based products. Information on these stories and much more coming up on today's episode of BBP News. Welcome back, everybody. Today is Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday, September 12th, 2023. We are back for a news episode. Yes, we're switching it up a little bit here. Normally, normally, excuse me, Tuesdays are reserved for Eye on the Ball. But because we didn't get a show out to you yesterday, in fact, we have been kind of non-existent for the past week here. I'll explain that here in a moment. But, uh... Since we didn't have a show yesterday, but we had one ready to go for you guys, we're going to do the news show today. We're still going to do Idiots in the News tomorrow as normal, but then the plan is to get an Eye on the Ball episode out on Thursday this week so that we can talk about some of the stuff that's been going on. The NFL has kicked off. Uh, We've had week one, which we'll talk about a little bit here at the end of the episode. You'll see why, Uh, but... Overall, we're still going to try and get all of our normal episodes in this week if everything goes to plan, and hopefully we will be back on schedule uh, after, again, kind of being non-existent this past week due to some issues just trying to juggle schedules. As I said, I believe in the last Monday show we had, I have started school again, so trying to just figure out the schedules surrounding all of that, still in the process of doing that and figuring all that out. So if you'll just bear with us for the time being, we're not disappearing you know, despite some absences, we are trying to get everything back on track, back on schedule for you guys so that we can continue to get all the news out for you, all the information that you need to know in sports, in politics, in just real world news in general. So with that being said, Let's jump into the weather for today, and we start in Los Angeles, California, where it will be clear today with a high of 85 degrees. In Houston, Texas, partly cloudy and below 100 degrees, sitting at 97. Not that I feel like that's probably much consolation. 97, still pretty darn hot. In Chicago, Illinois, it'll be mostly clear today with a high of 70 degrees. And finally, in New York City, expect some partly cloudy skies with a high of 85. So, overall, pretty nice day all across the country here. Actually, not raining in New York City for what feels like the first time in a week, but that's just how it goes. This is how the fall is right now. Wicked humid, a lot of rain coming through, but today looks like a gorgeous, gorgeous day. A little warm down in the city, though. I know up here where I'm at, it's a little cooler, which I'm thankful for. Uh, It's going to be a little nicer than that. 84, a little warm for my taste at this point in the year. I'm ready for it to just sit in the 70s 70s constantly. Excuse me. Uh, And so 84, a little above my favor. But that being said, we have a lot to get into today, so I'm not going to dilly-dally any further. Let's jump into it here. 
And former President Trump may try to have his Georgia criminal case moved to the federal court system. His lawyer just filed this three-sentence notice in Georgia state court. The first line says, quote, President Trump hereby notifies the court that he may seek removal of his prosecution to the federal court, end quote. So why would he want to remove his state case to federal court? Well, first, he would get a much wider and possibly more favorable jury pool. If it stays in state court, his jury pool would be limited to Fulton County, which overwhelmingly voted against him in the last election. It's also possible that if the case is moved, Trump may find himself in front of a judge that he appointed. While he was president, he appointed four of the 15 judges currently serving in the Northern District of Georgia, where this case would go. And another big reason is the process of trying to move this case will delay these proceedings. The arguments could drag on for at least a year, which is a far cry from the quick trial date that the Fulton County District Attorney wants to see. What it does not do, according to legal experts, is allow for a presidential pardon. So, if Trump does decide to move his case to federal court, that means that DA Fonnie Willis and her team will still be prosecuting the case and Trump will still be facing state charges. So, no president has power to pardon that conviction if it does happen, and Georgia state law says that the governor cannot pardon it either. In Georgia, only the state board of pardons and paroles can pardon someone and and in most cases, a pardon can only happen after a sentence has been completed. Now, Trump's formal notice of removal to federal court, if he pursues it, must be filed by the end of September. Fulton County DA Fonnie Willis just basically told Representative Jim Jordan of Ohio to stay in his lane and back off when it comes to the case involving former President Trump. She says that Representative Jordan's attempts to investigate her office and the grand jury that indicted the former president and his 18 co-defendants amounts to, quote, interference and obstruction and is, quote, unconstitutional. She goes on to say that he is offending principles of state sovereignty, is violating the separation of powers, and is improperly interfering with the administration of criminal justice. Just two weeks ago, the Republican chairman of the House Judiciary Committee announced that he was launching an investigation into the DA's Georgia state election interference case and the grand jury that returned a sweeping racketeering indictment of former President Trump and 18 co-defendants. Representative Jordan believes that this prosecution is politically motivated, saying, quote, the timing of this prosecution reinforces concerns about your motivations, end quote. He also also says that Trump and some of his co-defendants were federal officers and that she has no business charging them under state laws. He also said that the federal government has an oversight responsibility since they are the ones that distribute federal funds to local law enforcement agencies, including hers. Jordan wanted documents from Willis about her investigation into Trump and his co-defendants and wanted copies of any communications that she may have had with special counsel Jack Smith or anyone else in the Biden administration regarding this case. In Willis's nine-page response, she says constitutional law clearly permits her to ignore his request, but is voluntarily responding to parts of his letter. She goes on to rip into him, telling 
him that he should, quote, face the reality that the defendants in this case are like any other defendants and will be treated as such, and that if Trump and his co-defendants wanted to avoid prosecution, they should have not committed crimes in her jurisdiction, that Trump's status as a political candidate does not make him legally immune from prosecution, and that she has not misused federal grant money. She ends by giving Representative Jordan a list of more productive issues that he and his House committee should be investigating. Denied. Former President Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, will not be able to move his Georgia state case into federal court after all. And this ruling could have a significant impact on other defendants like former President Trump himself, who also may try to move their cases to federal court. Okay, so on Friday, U.S. District Court Judge Steve Jones issued his ruling after a hearing a few weeks ago where Mark Meadows testified at length about why he thinks his case should be removed from state court because he was a federal officer carrying out his federal duties at the time that the alleged crimes were committed. And in Meadows' opinion, if he was successful in removing his case to the federal court system, he thought these Georgia state charges against him should be dismissed. Well, in his 49-page ruling, Judge Jones disagreed. He said, yes, it's true, Mark Meadows was a federal officer at the time that these alleged crimes were committed, but that's not enough to move the case to federal court. The judge goes on to say when it comes to the crimes that he's being charged with, he was actually acting as an agent of former President Trump's campaign, not acting as a chief of staff. In case you weren't aware of this, according to the Hatch Act, it is illegal to mix federal duties with campaign duties. There must be a separation. The judge says that Meadows failed to provide sufficient evidence that these actions related to any legitimate purpose of the executive branch branch. Now, it is very likely that Mark Meadows will appeal this ruling, but legal experts believe that out of all 18 co-defendants, he had one of the best chances of having his case moved to the federal court system. But now that he has lost that bid, it may cause other co-defendants to rethink their attempts. But at this point, several other co-defendants have already filed motions to move their state cases to federal court, and as we just told you, former President Trump may also try it as well. But to all of those defendants, Judge Jones said that just because he ruled this way for Meadows, that does not mean that this is the way he'd rule for everyone else. He said he will hear everyone's arguments on a case-by-case basis. Hunter Biden will be indicted by the end of this month, at least that's the plan. That's according to this document filed in federal court last week by special counsel David Weiss. Weiss is the Trump-appointed U.S. attorney turned special counsel who has been investigating the president's son for the last five years. The short three-page document is a status report to the federal court in Delaware, and it outlines how Hunter Biden and his lawyers had reached a deal with Weiss involving a gun possession charge and tax-related charges that would have allowed Biden to avoid prosecution if he met certain conditions over a 24-month period. But as you know, that deal fell apart earlier this year, and now we're here. The special counsel says that the law requires the government to get a grand jury indictment by Friday, September 29th, and the government intends to seek the return 
of indictment in this case before that date. The document does not state what crimes may be charged. The Biden administration is taking the first step in possibly legalizing marijuana federally. Now, you might be asking yourself, what? I thought it was already legal. Well, in truth, it may be legal in your state. However, federally, it's not. And that contradiction has led to all kinds of issues, issues that could be resolved very soon. Okay, before I tell you what just happened, you have to understand the Controlled Substances Act of 1970. That federal law categorizes drugs on medical use and the drugs abuse or potential for dependency. And there are five schedules according to this law. Schedule 1 drugs are substances with no currently accepted medical use and high potential for abuse. These are essentially the most dangerous drugs. And Schedule 5 drugs have the lowest potential for abuse and have limited quantities of narcotics. Currently, marijuana is classified as a Schedule 1 drug. That's the same category as heroin and LSD, just as an example. Okay, now that we understand this, law at least a little bit. Here's what's happening. In 2022, President Biden told the Secretary of Health and Human Services to review how marijuana is classified under the Controlled Substances Act. And last week, it appears that that federal review is over because HHS fired off a letter to the Drug Enforcement Agency recommending that they move marijuana to a lower risk category from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3. Schedule 3 drugs are categorized as having moderate to low potential for physical and psychological dependence and some medical value and include drugs like ketamine and testosterone. So what does it matter if marijuana's classification changes? Money and access. So yes, it's likely that you live in a state where marijuana is fully legal, legal for medical purposes or a mix of the two, but because it's a Schedule 1 drug that makes it federally illegal, and because of that, banks have been hesitant to do business with companies involved with cannabis for fear of violating those federal laws. But if the classification changes to a lower category, those banks may be more willing to do business together and those companies get access to tax benefits that other companies have, tax deductions for business expenses like salary and benefits for employees. Right now, businesses that sell marijuana are taxed on gross income but are not allowed to deduct any business expenses because even though it may be legal in the state, they're dealing with a Schedule 1 drug. Shifting from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 may also make it easier to conduct research on the health effects of cannabis consumption and for pharmaceutical companies to bring cannabis-based products to market. But here's the thing. There are lots of states where possession of marijuana is still a criminal offense, and changing from Schedule 1 to Schedule 3 federally mostly won't change that. In some states, it may reduce or eliminate the criminal penalties, but in others, it won't. And lastly, changing the classification may give a bipartisan group of lawmakers in Washington, D.C. the momentum that they need to finally get several pieces of legislation across the finish line that would legalize marijuana federally and change the banking regulations for the cannabis industry. But there is a long road between now and then, 
And just because the Department of Health and Human Services review of marijuana is complete and this recommendation has been made, that does not mean that the DEA has to follow that recommendation. In fact, in 2016, when it was recommended, the DEA denied it. Right now, the DEA is conducting its own review and then will ultimately make a decision about whether to change the classification on their own. As of today, there is no time frame for that decision to be made. Once again, it is fairly possible that the U.S. Supreme Court will take up a controversial abortion case in an election year. On Friday, the manufacturer of the abortion drug Mifepristone asked the Supreme Court to reverse a lower court ruling that, if allowed to take effect, would significantly restrict access to the drug even in states where abortion is still legal. As of today, Mifepristone remains available and not subject to restrictions imposed by the lower court until all legal challenges are resolved. Medication abortion makes up the majority of abortions carried out in the United States, and this appeal to the Supreme Court came from the manufacturer of Mifepristone, but we are expecting the Department of Justice to follow suit very soon. The Supreme Court's new term starts next month, and for this case to end up on the Supreme Court's docket for this term, four justices have to agree to take up the case. If they decide not to hear it, then the ruling from the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals will stand, and the very popular drug that's been used for 20 plus years will be restricted. All right. So now we're going to go over kind of the schedule for this week. We did not have a what to expect episode on Sunday. So I still want to go over at least some of the points from that episode just so you guys kind of get a feel for what's going on this week. First off, we do have a couple holidays to talk about. And the first one is on Friday. That will be the start to Hispanic Heritage Month. And on Saturday following that will be Rosh Hashanah. Now, moving into the political schedule for the week here, we get to the House, and they will be in session this week from Tuesday, that being today, of course, until Friday, while the Senate was first in session yesterday, and they will go until Thursday. Now, President Biden has been on an international trip, partially for the G20 meeting and also meeting with leaders in other countries as well. But beyond that, we don't actually have a specific schedule for the president. We don't have anything for Vice President Harris either, nor the Supreme Court, as they are still in recess. Now, moving into the sports schedule, though, I will mention my MLB matchups to watch for this week. And we have the Yankees going up against the Red Sox. We have the Brewers up against the Marlins and the Rangers against the Blue Jays. And then the second half of the week, We'll see the Rays facing the Orioles, the Red Sox versus the Blue Jays, and the Cubs versus the D-backs. And then we have this week's NFL matchups. We saw week one wrap up yesterday with the game between the Bills and the Jets, where the Jets pulled out a surprise 22-16 victory after being down moving into the second half. Uh, down by 10 points. So that was kind of an insane game and an insane result. I was very, very, very shocked about that one. But week two will open up on Thursday at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Standard Time between the Vikings and the Eagles. So that will be a very exciting matchup, a very exciting way to open up week two. 
For miscellaneous stories for the week, we have the uh, August inflation report coming out on Wednesday the 13th, so that will definitely be something that we're looking at. We're continuing to look at the economic status of the United States constantly as the months go on. You've heard us report on it plenty of times before, but moving into major stories for the week, we have the inflation report, of course, and then we still have the legal troubles for the former president. So, that is what we're looking at this week. We will, like I said at the top, look to have more of our normal schedule this week. Eye on the Ball will be moved to Thursday from the looks of it, but otherwise there should be an Idiots in the News episode tomorrow. Actually, we have something a little different for Idiots in the News tomorrow. You guys will see. It's going to be great. Uh, don't miss out on that. And then Friday, we should have a news episode for you guys and should be kicking back into the normal swing of things from there. Hopefully, 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 hopefully. I am so hopeful that we'll be able to get this back on track for you guys thank you to all of you who have stuck around and continue to listen in and hopefully you continue to share the show around uh, so that we can introduce more people to this show but that's the end of this episode you guys i hope you enjoyed this one lots of news happened here today but i hope you enjoyed all the same uh we will see you here tomorrow for idiots in the news have a great rest of your day we'll see you later